Welcome to Millennial Rewind, where we take a not-so-sentimental look at the movies and TV shows that were around when millennials were growing up. I'm your host, Nick, coming to you from the Mexican food capital of the world, Los Angeles. That's right, I am back from my sojourn in the South. And joining me here in the City of Angels is my co-host, Jules. Jules, how are you doing today? I'm chewing tobacco and feeling like a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Oh, that's why you were making those roaring sounds before we started recording. It makes so much more sense now. And joining us from the Taco Bell of Southern California, the Inland Empire, is my other co-host, John. John, what's happening? Oh, I've got a list of shitty sex jokes that I cannot wait to explain the punchline to you. <laughs> Oh, and if you're wondering what all that was about, we watched Predator. That's right, the 1987 original with Arnold Schwarzenegger at all. And John, if you had to tell somebody you watched Predator without using the title Predator, what would you tell them? I'd tell them I watched the awesome Schwarzenegger movie that turned into a very disappointing franchise. (laughs) <laughs> oh no 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 the other one that he doesn't keep showing up. <laughs> oh burn ouch i'm getting better at this <laughs> and jules if the producers had asked you back in 1987 to come up with a different title for this film what would it be well this this is going to be tricky because either this is going to be really good or really bad um but uh, i went with how to lose all your friends to alien people Okay. All right. I see what you did there. Oh, God. Beautiful. Uh, I mean, if we've learned anything from the um, Small Soldiers episode, I fucking love me some puns. So that's. <laughs> that is fan. I couldn't get it out of my head. I just had the title How to Lose All Your Friends and Alienate People just stuck in my head. And I was like, I can't get it out of my head. Uh, explaining the joke was my job. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nick, it's a Schwarzenegger movie. It's 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 not as strong as most, but there is definite pun game here. This movie actually means quite a lot to me because this is the movie that traumatized me as a kid. <laughs> this movie traumatized you as a please, please Yes, elaborate. I was I, I will tell you the story. I was nine years old when I saw this movie. I hadn't even seen Jurassic Park. And I remember this uh, this one kid at school. He was this Spanish kid that everyone thought was really cool. And uh, turns out he was just really fucked up as a kid. Um, this was a guy who wrote a short story in school about shooting a zombie in the face with a sawn-off shotgun and the zombie sewing it back on. Like, the, the teacher called his parents and was just like, this is really screwed up. <laughs> oh, my. Was he the kind of kid that when you'd go to his house, he'd, like, show you his knife collection? <laughs> <laughs> a little yeah yeah okay and uh anyway so I, I went to his house and i saw this movie and i can pinpoint the exact moment where i was traumatized and what was it we, i will mention it as we get to it oh, oh, you oh, i'm keeping you in suspense that's right cliffhanger you dirty dirty girl but i'll let me tell you for about two <laughs> weeks after i saw this movie I could not walk past a tree 
without getting terrified. Oh, <laughs> I would be I walking the to the subway station and every tree I'd be like, oh my God, it's going to kill me. Just looking out for three laser dots. And uh, yeah, then as I grew up, it became really special. So it, it always holds a special place in my heart as the, the movie that absolutely terrified the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> So the real predator was the pants you pissed along the way? This is true. This is a fact. <laughs> oh, my God. Next time I go over to Jules's house, and I'm just going to knock on the door and hide in a tree and just jump I'm on I'm just him. having that same thought. <laughs> well, it's not as scary now. I mean, now that well, I've I'll seen it, it to scary. death, and I've been jaded by a universe of terrifying things. Well, I think, I mean, John, unless you can top that, I think you have the best experience with this movie, because I only watched it later in life. I, I, I just realized that I was an uncultured peasant who had not watched enough Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And I, I watched it. God, it must have been some, sometime in my 20s. I was like, well, I've got to see Predator. I haven't seen it. I, haven't, I hadn't seen Total Recall. And I watched it and I enjoyed it for the most part. Oh, it's still a great movie. I mean, it's 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 filled with great one-liners as one of the most iconic movie monsters, in my opinion. I, I in no way can hold a candle to that. It's more of the opposite where I can't remember not knowing Predator. um and when i was really little like like total recall and predator and stuff these schwarzenegger movies like they were just always on and so yeah i have no idea when was the first time i sat down to watch it all the way through or just snippets but i've just kind of always carried predator with me you were born into the predator we merely adopted it yeah well i was also born to kuatu so that explains a lot <laughs> start the reactor i say other than what we covered during rugrats <laughs> my formative years and this movie so many cool behind the scenes things about it first of all this was written as a joke really well maybe it wasn't written as a joke but it was written based off of a popular joke going around in hollywood at the time so rocky four had gone out and like the rocky movies as they you know go on the storylines get progressively you know more off the rails and the joke going around hollywood was okay well clearly in the next one rocky is gonna fight an alien because that's the only place was this after he soundly defeated communism Yes, after he okay. defeated communism, there was nowhere to go but intergalactic. <laughs> Rocky in space. God, the movie we deserve as a species. But instead, we got Predator. So the writers of this movie were like, okay, we're going to take this premise of fighting, you know, a thing from outer space that comes to Earth and just run with it. Is that why Carl Weathers is in it? I, I guess. <laughs> Apollo Creed. Oh, conspiracy theory. Oh, maybe. Maybe. But also Carl Weathers, I think he did a bunch of stuff with Arnie as well. So he was just running in those circles. And he also died in the previous Rocky. That's true, actually, yeah. Dolph Lundgren killed him in the so Yeah. And so Stallone had to go to Russia and defeat their entire system of government. Well, maybe that's the secret hidden plot that Carl Weathers is, in fact, Apollo Creed. He survived. He was rebuilt by the CIA. (laughs) The six million dollar commander. And that's why Arnie's so surprised to see him at the start of this movie. He's like, holy shit. (laughs) Carl, I mean, Dylan. (laughs) Carl, Apollo, uh, Dylan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, so basically this movie was made as a response to the Rocky movies. Like, fuck it, let's just make some crazy-ass movie with, you know, big tough guys and fighting an alien. Coming from the director of Die Hard. Coming from, yes, coming from the director of Die Hard. So this was directed by John McTiernan. Die Hard, The Hunt for Red October which we definitely need to watch and the last action hero. Well, my, my favorite bit of trivia was he got fired for being a little too acrobatic and like uh, artistic with his movements. But originally the predator was played by Jean-Claude Van Damme. I know. Oh, and for God. the, and for the stealth shots to contrast the jungle to key it out, it's just this big red suit that kind of looks like a lobster thing or crab people. <laughs> and so you had, yeah, Jean-Claude Van Damme in basically a crab people suit jumping around a jungle. <laughs> God, I would pay such good money to see that. The movie we don't deserve. There is absolutely no way you could fool the camera by making the predator taller than Arnold Schwarzenegger. There there is not enough trick photography in the universe that could have made John Claude Van Damme look taller than Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, because most action stars are tiny, tiny dudes in terms of height. I mean they clearly get ripped for their roles. So that, yeah, they got a really tall former UCLA football player called Kevin Peter Hall. He was the predator and he was also Harry in Harry and the Hendersons. He's also the helicopter pilot at the end of this movie. Yes, he is. Oh, sorry, the chopper. The chopper. Sad fact about him, he died of AIDS from a blood transfusion. Oh, my God. Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. 35, died of AIDS. Oh. Really, really young. 1991. Wow. And one last little. So the, the composer for this movie was Alan Silvestri. I know. Alan fucking Silvestri. And he delivers yet again. He was the composer for The Avengers. He did a lot of the Marvel movies. And this was one of his earliest feature films. One of his other ones, by the way, Super Mario Brothers. I also believe Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He did Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh my God, hang on. I got his IMDb. This, this, guy's, this guy's filmography is way too big. It's If you don't know who Alan Silvestri is, Go fuck yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's like not knowing who John Williams or Hans Zimmer is. It's right. true. He's, he's up there with the best. But I feel like fewer people know who he is compared to those other two guys. Like Hans Zimmer and John Williams just have a clearly have better PR machines than Alan Silvestri does. But he deserves way more recognition because his filmography is really damn good. Yeah, Night at the Museum, Castaway. I mean, it's just a long list of incredible movies also volcano <laughs> volcano actually volcano had a great soundtrack and also lara croft tomb raider the cradle of life which i think we're gonna have to watch at some point and we're gonna have a terrible time you're gonna have a terrible time i yeah i love those movies oh shit we didn't mention back to the future he was the composer on back to the future i thought it was just implied Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, it's just like y'all need to look up Alan Silvestri and his his filmography. So yeah, so there's a lot of talent. And also, just to just before we we take our break, two governors. Mm -hmm. There are two future governors in this movie. Obviously, Arnold Schwarzenegger, future governor of California, and Jesse Ventura, 
future governor of Minnesota. Uh, we'll get his character's great. Uh, we'll get into it. I'm just waiting for Shane Black to be governor of Massachusetts. Hey, yeah, we need to get more people in this movie to be governor. <laughs> Carl Weathers needs to be governor of because then he'll just he'll just deliver a really disappointing twist, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Shane Black, who went on to like write Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and a lot of other films, Iron Man Three, which was very disappointing to me. I know a lot of people loved it, but I thought that was an absolute. Not the best the Iron movie. Man for sure. The villain sucked. I will stand by pretty much the rest of the movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we will start breaking down Predator. And this is my trophy room. I'm kind of a badass hunter. Wow, you sure have a lot of heads hung up on the wall. What are those creatures? Those are humans. They must be pretty ferocious beasts for a badass hunter like you to take on. Actually, they're pretty small and squishy compared to us predators. Uh, You can kill them pretty easily with your bare hands. I see, I see. Well, then, they must have really amazing technology to make hunting them a, a mighty challenge. Oh, actually, their tech is really primitive. I usually just sit in a tree with my cloaking device and shoot them with my shoulder laser. You, you what? <laughs> yeah, you should hear them scream when I blast one of their arms off. It's pretty funny. Dude, that, that's not cool. What do you mean? You're not a badass hunter. You're just like those asshole humans who shoot lions in cages. You're a total piece of shit coward. Uh, nah, I'm totally hardcore. I kick anyone's ass. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Say Predator Uncle! Predator Uncle! Yeah, that's what I thought, little bitch. I hurt my hand. <laughs> so dumb, but so <laughs> and we're back, and we're going to start this movie off with the 20th Century Fox logo, which is by far in my top two studio logos uh, especially the intros yeah it's the it just gets me it's like when you, i get i watch it and i get excited for the movie second one is universal well i think it was just because it came right before a shot of space and so there's a part of you that thinks that the star wars credits are just going to start rolling oh would that it were but no we're going to watch predator and we we up like you said we're going to start in space and is it just me or were these some really shaky stars <laughs> these stars just couldn't stay still they were just vibrating in the background like whoever animated them we just drank too much coffee i i didn't really pay attention because i find this unnecessary and i think the movie would be better served without it it would but it's for okay so basically what happens is a spaceship drops off a pod into earth's atmosphere mm-hmm. it doesn't set off any military satellites by the way just nobody notices this thing this was south america not the south of america right Plus, it was back in the 80s when they didn't have good satellite technology. Yeah, which means they weren't real Americas, so they were just, you know, uncivilized and didn't have technology. There weren't any Google satellites up there at this point. There were, but there were enough military (laughs) satellites where they were like, hey, there's something in Earth's low orbit. What the actual fuck? But nope, nothing happens. Just Again, I feel like you give the U.S. government far too much credit. 
<laughs> I do, and it will be my downfall. But to John's point, this is because they clearly had a, a test screening, probably, and they're like, "Where did the alien come from?" I am confused. Oh fuck! Now we gotta do the whole. The sequence. answer is space. Where the fuck do you think an alien came from? The answer is space, but that doesn't matter. Um, I, I just think it'd be a greater surprise, a greater reveal if this and the first one or two instances of you know seeing him camouflage or getting stuff from his POV were cut because right. then you don't know what's going on. You are just as lost as the other guys. I, keep, I would definitely keep the POV. I think it's one not of the, the first couple. No, no, well, just like the first yeah. one or two. I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, guys. We'll we'll get there. <laughs> just pull a psycho. The movie fierce, fierce, hot debate going on here. The fierce hot debate before we've even gotten down to planet Earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you pull a psycho. You think the movie's going one way, and all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, this is an alien movie. And then once you've properly introduced, then yeah, do that POV, get the heat vision, all that shit. But John, you got to remember, this is a movie that was inspired by Rocky Four, so I think your standards are a little high. Is that the first time you've ever said that? I think it's the first. <laughs> but your standards are about Rocky the Four. Standards. <laughs> the, the standards. The standards probably not. But yeah, I mean, I guess space is kind of a spoiler. Yeah, you already have creature created by Stan Winston. You, so again, considering that they read credits. You know something's coming. <laughs> Just based right, on but that. But again, this is like pre-IMDB. This is pre-the internet. I think audiences were not as sophisticated. No, you knew who Stan Winston was. You still knew who Stan Winston was. Okay, maybe in 87. Maybe I'm you know, not giving enough credit where credit's due. Anyway, so we start off in a chopper. That's right. It's the only way to pronounce it. It's the only way we're going to pronounce with epic, dramatic, Sylvester music playing. The da 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 just really, really intense. I mean, not not quite as epic as the chopper from Small Soldiers, but it's close. This chopper lands on a base by the ocean in some unnamed Central American country. There's a general who, as the helicopter lands, just drops the shades in his hut because... I guess as the general, it's not good for you to know what's going on on the base you run. I don't know why he did that. Was it a base? Because there was a town nearby. The kids showed up just like in Mortal Kombat, and there was a guard with a machine gun making sure they did. It's a base. <laughs> it's a town. Families live on bases? Yeah. Then we see Carl Weathers just drinking a beer alone in a, in a room. With the worst fan in the world. That makes me a sad Carl. <laughs> <laughs> And then the commandos get out of the helicopter and they're trying to look badass. So these commandos have been riding in this helicopter and it's so like, I mean, again, they probably looked really badass in the late eighties, but you look at the clothes they're wearing through the lens of now and it's fucking ridiculous. Just tucked in t-shirts and jeans. I, the guy who plays Mac is in a suit. The glasses are too big on Shane Black. He's got the, 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 the thing that goes around the back of the glasses so you could hang them yeah. around your neck. And Arnie, of course, lights his cigar, which will be the beginning of many, many phallic images in this movie. Seriously. Oh, God. Strap yourself in, pun intended. Oh, we're starting <laughs> off strong. Strap yourself on. Oh. Uh, <laughs> 
Seriously, 80s movies were so homoerotic. We'll get into it. But yeah, but Arnie, he lights the cigar and he's not in a rush to get out of the helicopter. Like his entire squad just got out of the helicopter, but he just needs to lean back and look cool while lighting. There's no other reason for him to do this other than... It's how you know he's the chief. Exactly. So then there's really... The, the music here is so intense for them just lazily getting off a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like action movie music with just somebody like watching somebody's vacation videos without without sylvester's music this would be a really bad vacation video absolutely and i mean and and it's and they you know they're lazily driving in the jeeps it's like a really slow sequence to really intense music and speaking of the villagers who are living there i have a theory so there's a bunch like there's a group of like central this was shot in mexico so i'm just going to call them mexicans there's just these mexicans watching all this going on and my theory is nobody warned these people that they were going to shoot a movie there because <laughs> because their their expressions are just so honest like what the fuck is going on over there who are these people this was such a quiet town until these fucking helicopters got here that's just kind of the expressions that i put on there you know and that armed guard was just the security for the set <laughs> <laughs> yeah just keeping them out all right, if you go past this stream, I'm going to have to shoot you in the face. <laughs> and so Arnie meets the general of the, the camp, the one that put down the blinds just now. And holy shit, the, I don't know whether you guys notice this, but the audio quality for this general in this particular shot is fucking horrible. It sounds like they recorded him in 1963. It's just really bad. But only for this one shot, because now that because in the next scene they're inside and he sounds totally fine. It's just for that mm. one shot, he sounded really bad. At this point, we also find out that Arnold Schwarzenegger's character's name is Dutch, the manliest name that you could manly come up with. Well, they thought Butch was too on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> they just scrubbed out a little line on the B. <laughs> Yeah, with Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, like he's obviously European. He's obviously European, but all his character names: John Dutch Smith from Idaho. That's a up in Boise, Boise. You know, like no, dude, just be you. I've just never be been you. to Boise. They might sound like that. <laughs> might sound. <laughs> if we have any listeners from Boise, we would love to hear from you. We'd like to know if you sound like an Austrian bodybuilder. It's close to Canada. You don't know. <laughs> and so they're they're in a they're in a briefing room, and the general explains that uh, there's a minister from the Central American country that went down in an American helicopter because America is using its military like Uber in the late '80s, and has crashed into a neighboring country, and they think they're being held hostages by guerrillas. They just think this. Like, there's no reason for them to think this. It's just their operating hypothesis. And Arnie basically calls out the premise of the film right here in this scene. Why not just use the regular army? Why the fuck are you using us? Like, there we're mercenaries. Why? Why do you need us? And then uh, Carl Weathers, who's got the unmanliest name in the world, Dylan, interrupts since because he's just apparently been sitting in the other room listening quietly to this conversation and deciding not to introduce himself yet. And he was like, well, shit, I need to create a meme here. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, they create the meme. So Carl Weathers <laughs> responding to Schwarzenegger saying, why are you using us? He, has, he says, because some damn fool accused you of being the best. Dylan, <laughs> you, you son, son of, of a bitch. bitch. Smack both arms into the arm wrestle. 
we have the most manly interaction in any movie ever. It's the greatest arm wrestle to never have a table. Oh my God. Short of literally dropping their pants and penis fencing, this is the manliest <laughs> way guys can say hello. It's literally two arms clasped into an immediate arm wrestle. Women should watch this scene with caution. It might get them pregnant. <laughs> I'm just saying there are a lot of people born in 1988 who are, who this movie is their father. So speaking of the meme, if anybody has spent five seconds on Reddit, you've definitely seen a meme where a big black man's arm is clasping a big white man's arm. And this is where that comes from. Somebody painted that shot and made it a meme. And it's been used all over the internet. This is where that meme comes from. And they, yeah, you're, you're like, they arm wrestle in the air. No, <laughs> yes. like, that's not how arm wrestling works. It's brilliant. You need a table so for leverage. Good. I love and it. I totally forgot about this part. Again, mainly because of the meme, because that's, that's always focusing on the unity and friendship part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is like, no, I need to establish dominance over you, my friend. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. We're establishing <laughs> dominance by arm wrestling midair. <laughs> we get some nice exposition dialogue. Arnie's like, what's the matter? The CIA got you pushing too many pencils because, you know, we got to know that he's in the CIA and Carl Weathers is wearing a tie and he calls him out like, what the fuck is this tie business? And yeah, what the fuck is this tie business? You're in a goddamn job jungle in Central America put on some goddamn fatigues or something practical. What bugged me about it is the fact that one of his team arrived in a suit. Well, that's true, yeah. And he's getting on Dylan's case for the tie? Why don't you talk to Mac about that issue? Yeah, I mean, Mac was dumb for wearing a suit too, but <laughs> why not address the 80s? Anyway, so... <laughs> well, well, you know, when they put out the call for the mercenary team, they're like, there's no time, you gotta come as you are right now. Just drop mm -hmm. what you're doing. So Mac was at a wedding? No, I was thinking bat mitzvah, but sure. <laughs> Mac was at a bat mitzvah. <laughs> oh, I like that image. So we learned that Dutch and his team are highly regarded, um, but they didn't take a job. You know, they, they've worked all over the world, but they didn't take a job in Libya because they're not assassins. Um, well, we're going to learn, you know, because they're a rescue team. and we're gonna. But they will kill the fuck out of some people. Yeah, the rest of this movie is going to be showing how they're not actually a rescue team. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. And of course, immediately when they say that, both the general and Dylan share a look. Cause so either they're about to betray him or one of them broke wind. <laughs> and they don't want to admit who it was. They both did, but don't realize the other one. <laughs> no... <laughs> one of those awkward simultaneous fart moments. And you don't have a dog to blame it on. <laughs> awkward simultaneous fart. That's an album name. <laughs> Rage Against the Machine, if you're listening. <laughs> So Arnie asks the general what he wants his team to do. And the general starts explaining. And then Carl Weathers, like two seconds and just cuts it off. Like, what the general means is. <laughs> no, Carl, just chill the fuck out, dude. Let the guy finish what he says. And then you can add what you have to say. That's how a productive briefing works. But no, he just wants to explain because for whatever reason. He's asserting dominance. 
Mm-hmm. Just got his ass kicked in an arm wrestle. So he's yeah, gotta... he's, he's feeling pretty bitchy about the yeah. arm wrestle. Yeah. The general tells Dutch that Carl Weathers has. I'm not calling him Dylan. Carl Weathers. <laughs> it's such a weird name for Carl Weathers. It's just... you can't look at Carl Weathers and see the name Dylan in that man's face. He's an Apollo. He's a Rocco. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's whatever they call him in the Mandalorian, but not Dylan. He's Chubbs. <laughs> He's Chubbs before he's Dylan for damn sure. The general tells Dutch that Carl Weathers is going to go with him, uh, which upsets him. He's like, my team works alone. I just love that line. Just let the grammar of that line sink in. My team works alone. (laughs) Again, this movie was written as a joke. Let's not. (laughs) You know, I'm on the fence about whether I work alone counts as a classic movie cliche. You think that works? Oh, right? basically, yeah. Definitely. Old, I work alone. Cliche. But this this line, him objecting to Carl Weathers going, we learn later, makes no fucking sense because they were in Vietnam together. He knows how Carl Weathers operates. There's no reason for Like, if it's just some random dude, yeah, I totally get it, but you know him. You know how he operates. But he's been pushing too many pencils. He got soft. Maybe that's the reason. But there's a lot of forced conflict in this movie. This is just one of many instances. So now we're on some more choppers. And they're flying into the jungle to sock hop music. To Little Richard's Long Tall Sally. Oh my god. Okay, this is like the moment from Aliens. This is just manly army team heading into danger just swapping stories and more penis fencing it's it's fantastic oh yeah so jesse ventura so now we get a good look at everybody all the commandos on uh arnie's mercenary team jesse ventura is crocodile dundee (laughs) he's got a crocodile dundee hat on (laughs) there's actually a fun uh trivia thing about jesse ventura and arnold schwarzenegger in this movie oh jesse ventura found out that his from wardrobe that his muscles were bigger than Arnold Schwarzenegger's and he, he was really excited about that and so um when they started talking about it on set Arnold Schwarzenegger spoke with wardrobe and said uh no you have to tell them you made a mistake and that I actually have bigger muscles than you <laughs> and they did it was such a BS oh my god <laughs> I mean, they're, the, this is just a load of jack dudes. Like, everybody in this film, except for maybe Shane Black. Except Shane it, Black, yeah. Who goes into combating glasses? Is that a thing? Those aren't glasses. Those I mean, I, are I imagine fucking... commandos aren't allowed to wear glasses simply because if they break them and lose them, they're fucked. <laughs> That's why he's got the strap, though. He's got the strap to hold them on. Like, he's going to go play basketball. Shane Black's glasses are so monstrously big that there's no way he could lose them. And yet it still happens to Velma every fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> ro Shane Black is the Velma of the group. <laughs> so that's why he keeps having s- jokes about having sex with women. Okay. Oh. Now it's all coming together. Oh, yeah. So there's a guy called Bill. So is so is Bill supposed to be Native American? Billy? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I believe so. Yeah, so this guy's not Native American. This dude is very white. <laughs> But apparently he made a career of playing Native American characters. And he's not the first one. That famous environmental commercial with the crying Indian in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. uh, That was an Italian dude. He was Italian, yeah. Yeah. But what I like about Billy is, yeah, they have him coming across as, you know, like Native American. And yeah, he is the best tracker on the team. But that's it. 
he he's not a stereotype in any no, no, sense. No, no, he's not. He doesn't have the broken, stilted speech. Or he sounds like a Texan more than anything. Yeah, he he's just one of the guys on the team. Just happens to be the best tracker. So then they have Poncho, who's supposed to be Hispanic, but not played by an Hispanic. They're like, yeah, he's like an eighth Cherokee that kind of rounds up to Hispanic. That's fine. Um, his name's Poncho. And he chucks something at Shane Black, who's reading a newspaper, and manages to catch the thing they threw at him while not paying attention. He's just kind of got ninja skills. Yeah, it was like a wad of tape or something. I had no idea what the hell this was yeah, supposed to be. They're trying to show each of the characters as badass. Like, even the nerd's got eyes in the back of his head or in the in the front that's skills or whatever (laughs) he's got eyes where eyes are supposed to be yeah (laughs) he sees stuff corneas of steel (laughs) even though he needs glasses and so yeah you know shea black tells his he tells about like a joke he tries to be funny towards this billy guy he's like yeah you know i was trying to have sex with my girlfriend i said yeah how about a little pussy? And she's like, yeah, I'd love one because hers is so big. And he tries to like explain the joke to him. And it's he gets the reaction he deserves. As a, and Billy responds appropriately, which is nothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe a bit of contempt. But it's it's part of his character's arc is that he just wants to make Billy laugh. Oh, that's a great little arc. That's not an arc. That's a quirk because he doesn't <laughs> make Billy laugh. <laughs> he just wants to be funny, man. He tells another joke and billy just walks away that's it we don't even have to get there that's it no he laughs he laughs we'll get there it's important so then jesse ventura is trying to offer all the other guys chewing tobacco and they all decline like oh that stinks get that shit out of my face but his exact words were bunch of slack jaw around here this stuff will turn you into a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus just like me (laughs) and i'm thinking hey jesse ventura since you're using the f-bomb here maybe you don't want to turn a bunch of other dudes into sexual tyrannosauruses (laughs) when there's only other dudes around yeah if they are already gay do you really want to increase your chances of being on the wrong side of I mean, it's okay to be into dudes, Jesse. I get this is the late 80s yeah. and it's not okay, but, you know, in the greater scheme of things, it is okay. And be who you are, Jesse Ventura, is what we're trying to say. Well, honestly, what I what I want to talk about is a new merch idea, which we have to do, which is a new cologne called Sexual Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> you realize that's just my ball sweat, right? <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the uh, subheading underneath. A.K.A. <laughs> That's the tagline, you know. That is a factory floor I will not be visiting. Because <laughs> yeah, mo- movie cliche bingo card and sexual Tyrannosaurus cologne. That's 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 the kind of shit we're gonna be selling. Million dollar idea. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then we were t- we were talking about this before the. Uh, oh yeah, we we're talking about this earlier. So Mac, the guy who showed up in a suit, he's just sitting in the back of the helicopter, dry shaving his face with a disposable razor. What the fuck was this supposed to convey? That's just his thing. Yeah, for some reason, I had a note later on about how Arnold's not very sweaty, but it's really more of just that this is the sweatiest guy that's ever existed. (laughs) He doesn't carry a rag. He sweats profusely and shaves it off. This is why he's bald. <laughs> Such a weird character choice. But I keep forgetting his name, so he's just Bill Duke in my notes the whole time. Oh. He's Mac. 
He's Matt. He's, he's the Matt. stealthy dude, basically. Well, is what you find out is he's <laughs> he's the stealth dude. He's dude. And uh, Blaine is the big guy with the giant gun, and Billy is the uh, is the tracker, tracker, and yeah, they all they all have their little purpose. Right. All right. So can we at least get to them being in the jungle? <laughs> well, I'm trying to get us there, but you guys keep fucking talking about ball sweat. It was one time. We learned that this is where we learned that Carl Weathers and Dutch were in Vietnam together. And then Jesse Ventura spits his tobacco on Carl Weathers' boots, beckons him over, and he's like, That's a real nasty habit you've got there. And that's it. Nothing comes of this. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, it come doesn't control. That, I mean, I mean, my note was that uh, Jesse Ventura perfectly encapsulates what we did to Baywatch for two weeks, but. <laughs> But honestly, there was this beautiful sort of separation between Dylan and the and the commandos, which I just thought was very well done. Just sort of each one at a time. Rejects his presence. So they're getting close to the drop zone now. Now they got to shut the fuck up. And apparently, like, Arnie, like, starts using hand signals, even though they're blasting sock hop music and they're flying in fucking helicopters as if they, like them not talking inside is going to make the whole thing stealthier. They, they repel into the jungle, and there's just a shit ton of jungle walking. Easily a third of this movie is just them walking in the jungle. Yeah. So they find a crashed helicopter in the trees. They climb up, and they find that the pilots are dead, and the helicopter has been stripped for parts. And everyone, we, we, we're going to learn this, but everyone in this squad is psychic. <laughs> because Poncho just somehow magically deduces that this helicopter was a surveillance model and had been taken down by heat-seeking missiles. So not just regular gorillas. And then again, to just to, to pack onto the psychic bed, Billy, we, who we mentioned as the tracker, says two minutes of them being there. There were 12 gorillas and they were there and I counted 12 gorillas and then they were followed by six pairs of U.S. Army issued boots. See, that's the problem with jungle people. Sand people know to travel single file. <laughs> to hide their numbers. <laughs> Back to the chopper. Um, I just wanted to point out that all the blood is still very fresh and bright red. Yeah, even though they've been out there in the jungle for at least a couple days. Yeah, I just wanted to point that out. We'll come back to it in a bit. <laughs> so Dutch is kind of like, hey, Carl Weathers, what the fuck's going on here? Carl's like, I don't know. But does he know? So Billy goes off to scout ahead, keeps tracking. And then Poncho's to, to Dutch, do you remember Afghanistan? He's trying to forget it. What was that? So they, they were in Afghanistan fighting the Soviets. They were behind enemy lines. Like, what was that all about i don't know something went down in afghanistan man but the way arnold schwarzenegger treats it is he gives him a gentle tap on the head like oh you little rascal you get over there <laughs> yeah <laughs> enough of your talk about afghanistan rubber the head <laughs> so then billy sucks on a tree yes <laughs> when he does he takes his machete cuts off a vine he just drinks the water out of it and this causes his spidey senses to tingle because again everybody's psychic i have the note i didn't have enough space for a canteen with all these grenades <laughs> <laughs> well that's actually how commandos do it they, they literally go out into the wilderness with nothing but guns ammunition and a trash bag to gather all the shit that they fire off or 
to try to leave no trace. Yes, because one thing we know about commandos is they're very conscientious about littering. Well, no, it's the no trace <laughs> thing. You know, all the shell casings, all their poop, everything like that, they put it in this big trash bag. Mine was better. <laughs> so in this tree, Billy finds three skinned corpses. And childhood trauma. Oh, this is part of your childhood trauma. This was the moment where I, I became a man. <laughs> <laughs> Horribly traumatized. This the seeing three skinned human bodies. This, this was the moment right here where I, I just got absolutely It's pretty gruesome. It's all these years on, it's still a pretty gruesome sight to behold. And then when they clarified, they skinned them? Why would they skin them? <laughs> I was nine years old, people! <laughs> I was a child! And they were talking about skin people. It was like, ooh. So Dutch looks at the dog tags and he realizes that he knows one of the guys who's been skinned. His name was Hopper. And he knows that they were Green Berets out of Fort Bragg. Oh no, his name is Jim Hopper. Hopper. Oh, sorry. It was Hopper. <laughs> <laughs> and what made it worse was the fact that these were, these were badass soldiers. So what chance did a nine-year-old child have? Really? <laughs> Oh, enough about you. <laughs> this is my therapy, John. I have to let it out. No, that's what D&D's for. <laughs> I have multiple therapy groups. Let's just keep it about him. It's never about <laughs> me. <laughs> Show us where Uncle Predator touched you. <laughs> <laughs> this is about the movie. I love the precision, um, like when he shares the dog tag, that he's able to throw it using a knife. That's yeah, good. that was a you know good party trick. Yeah, that's what he practices in between missions. And again, Bill, Bill, you know, Carl Weathers is confronted about what the fuck Green Berets are doing in the area, and again, he's like. Uh. <laughs> Which is becoming less and less convincing. And Billy, again, they've been in, around this tree for 45 seconds, and he's already deduced from looking at two shell casings that there was a firefight, and there's no evidence of an ambush, and just doesn't know what the fuck happened. It just doesn't make sense. There was a firefight. I was, I was, I was holding it back. back. (laughs) But that's, I mean, that's part of the setup for the monster. I mean, I, I, I know we like to rip on movies, but they're they're creating this wonderful sense of suspense, like something strange is going on. Yeah, what the hell could have done this, and why? It's just the no, 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 no. That's fine. It's just the I'm making fun of the incredibly short amount of perceived time that he took to to do. Because if you're looking at like a firefight, like look at this, like you, you gotta like check out a wide area you got to look at a lot of little things he just glances around and he's just got a fucking nine thousand page novel that he can report back to dutch well yeah he's billy the guy who knew there were 12 people who passed i'm just saying it's a little implausible he's that good he's that good. fine maybe maybe i'll be a little easier on him so jesse ventura whips out his minigun because he's pissed but he's like payback time say hello to the biggest phallic symbol in this movie. <laughs> and this is where we get a first glimpse through predator vision. Yes, this is what I was saying. Cut this one out. I thought this was great. Someone's watching them. You didn't know who. You didn't know who. I mean, if 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 you remove the space thing, you just think that it's someone watching them with heat vision, then you don't know who. Okay. But that's the thing. Heat vision, this is like 1980s thermal it's vision. The, it's, which you is... know, the, the point of view of the shark is, you know, he's swimming in at the beginning of Jaws. There's something. I mean, that's not what I have an issue with. The thermal vision is so 
bad. You think this is like some advanced alien species using this to hunt? This is the worst. You could barely see anything. But he's supposed to be some bad. I mean, I'm sure there's like blue audiences minds in the late 80s. I think, yeah. But... I mean, the idea is that the predator would have different eyes to us so it could perceive differently. Oh, yeah, yeah no, no. Like that, that's not what I'm having, making, you know, I, I have issue with. It's just how bad his actual vision is. I have a question about um, heat vision in general. How warm would you say a South American jungle is? This is where I had a bit of an issue, yeah. <laughs> Is that it's pretty warm, <laughs> so wouldn't that be ineffective <laughs> in the jungle? Everything would just be hot, <laughs> right? If anything, the heat vision would work better in an icy tundra where everything else is cold. Yeah, that's what we're seeing. Everything else is blue and they're popping out. Well, this is the design choice they went with, so but it has some cool moments, even if it makes no sense. And so now we have Max version of spitting on Carl Weathers' boot because Carl Weathers slips and makes a noise. And Mac comes back and speaks really truncatedly, like, you ghosting us, motherfucker. I don't care who you are back in the world. You give away our position one more time. I'll bleed you. Real quiet. Leave you here. Got that. I love it. Like, <laughs> I love Mac. Leaving really big pauses in between the sentences. Like, I get the thing because, yeah, Carl Weathers is being really fucking loud. Yeah, and Max being, uh, or Mr. Duke, I should say, is be- is the stealth guy. And he's he's just really pissed off that this bumbling idiot keeps tripping over shit. He's the stealth guy holding an M60 chain gun. Like, yeah. <laughs> and a knife. <laughs> And the definition of ghosting has changed a lot in the last almost 30 years. I know. (laughs) (laughs) So they finally reach the gorilla camp. Arnie does like these really weird half-assed sweeping arm motions to get people to do who the fuck knows what. She's like, oh, you go that way, you go that way, I'm Arnold. (laughs) But then they also just say what it is. (laughs) You two go this way, you two take out the guard, I'm going to do this. So Arnold, he... With looking towards the thing, holds up his rifle for Poncho to take, and Poncho just gives him binoculars. Doesn't ask for binoculars. Poncho just instinctively knows that he should give Arnold binoculars. Yeah, they know each other as one. They're, yeah, they're that tight of a unit. Yeah, exactly. So then he has no gun, and he army man crawls from an exposed position on this hill where anybody could fucking see him and he feels the need to like stealthily crawl 20 feet to a log so he can look down into this village such a weird tactical choice like a little base or something right yeah it's a gorilla camp and gorilla camp things are happening everyone's seen this before um, the big thing is that there's like a generator going on. Oh, there's a casual hostage execution. Yeah. Well, I took that as part of guerrilla camp things are going on. <laughs> Just again, to put into perspective how weird and screwed up my friend was back at school. Uh, he laughed at that. <laughs> he laughed at the guy getting killed. He laughed at the guy getting executed. And the, I mean, it's not just horrible that the guy gets killed. He gets killed on the food. The guy shoots him in the pantry, so there's just blood all over these like sacks of wheat or whatever. Just I, I did Russian in college, so there's a lot of Russian getting spoken here. So like I'm like, okay, there's clearly Russians here. And so Arnie gives them the plan, they get into position, and now we get to see Max sneak in action. Jesse Vin- so it's him and Jesse Ventura. 
Jesse Ventura somehow manages to like stealthily sneak up onto a crow's nest with a fucking mini gun strapped to his back. <laughs> yeah. And then Mac makes a bird noise. And I love this. That's fantastic. He's the guy looks over, he stabs him through the neck, and then throws him with the knife in his neck. It's amazing. I, he's got a knife. He's the stealth guy. But all that stealth gets totally fucked because Arnold just decides that he is going to fuck some shit up. He jumps down and the gorillas have an old beater truck with like a fan belt attached to something that's pumping water. So just by running the truck, they're pumping water. So he slices the fan belt with his giant knife, puts a satchel charge in the truck bed lifts up the truck and shoves it down a hill and sends it careening into the camp's mess hall and blows it up. And then we got that Carl Weathers line. I start to think that Carl Weathers was really wasted in this, but he gets a line and the most horrible cliched line, showtime. Why do Americans think that's clever? Because it's all showbiz, baby. <laughs> I don't know. It's not clever. And so you know how like they're 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 the, they're the rescue guys. He was telling the general that earlier. You haven't located the hostages, and you are just blowing buildings up. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, <laughs> they just start blowing shit up to the extent that Jesse Ventura shoots a tree with his minigun, and it literally explodes. And I know fire. they light this camp the. F- fuck up they're shooting grenade launchers just spraying <laughs> hip firing everywhere again don't know where the hostages are just fucking shoot we'll figure that out later fuck it i mean uh carl weathers has a line which i never understood until this recent watching where i could activate the subtitles because i never understood what was actually being said in this line um he says targets at the center upper level yeah uh, but every time i heard it prior to that all i could hear was targets at the center of the falafel <laughs> which actually makes more sense because how the fuck would he know <laughs> that's very true one way or the other upper level or falafel either way <laughs> Either way, between the hip firing and the blowing shit up without knowing where the hostage, these guys are not the best of the best. Okay, Carl Weathers is being proven wrong through that this entire shootout. And they need a minigun to shoot a guy in the tree who has zero cover at all. Yes, and it explodes, <laughs> as previously mentioned, as is tradition. Yes, the tree explodes. <laughs> and in this camp full of dozens upon dozens of Central Americans. The language you hear getting yelled the most is Russian. Russian! It's just <laughs> Russian. That actually gets explained later on. Well, yeah, because... Yeah, but still. <laughs> these are Russian advisors, but I think the Russian to Central... Like, even if they're advisors, the Russian to Central American ratio, you would clearly hear more Spanish. <laughs> but not in this movie. So two Russians try to get away in a helicopter, which is just an American helicopter painted funny and i from the little russian i know one of them's like where did they come from and before they get killed so they start to route um the gorillas through supply depot like they're kind of like pushing them into the village or the, the camp whatever and this is where we get that great line because arnold just chucks his big fucking knife through the chest of one of the guys pegs him against a pole and he's like stick around stick around yeah it is so obviously a, pl- a plastic knife too Oh, so obviously. So many of the knives in this movie are obviously rubber or plastic. And then he kicks in a door and says, knock, knock, and then blasts a guy through a wall. This was the time of those one-liners. 
It really was. I think it was in his contract. That's the one thing about millennials. We had these action movies growing up and they were ludicrous and hilarious and traumatizing. <laughs> Back when movies were fun and traumatizing. At the same time, somehow. Arnold tells Shane Black to radio base, kind of let them know what's going on. And that's when Arnold... Oh, we, we find a woman. Our first double X chromosome in this entire movie. Right, and she just shoots Arnold in the back of the head and the movie ends. It's really weird. <laughs> oh, wait, no. She does that thing where she's in a movie. So she has to get up to the person and then cock the gun. Right. So Arnold can turn around and just knocks her the fuck out. And then he realizes that it's a woman. He actually cares about whether he lives or dies. All these like men who that he's just been mowing down senselessly doesn't give a fuck about their lives. But he's like, oh, fuck, I hit a woman. That's that's not good. But woman with a pistol can't shoot that. This will be one of many times where Arnold should have died and doesn't in this film. We'll we'll point those out. But this is instance one. Oh, and I will commend the movie on not turning this into a love story. Very rare for this time. Very rare for this time. Or any time. That female <laughs> character is not a love interest in any way. Nope. She nope. is just a gorilla that they take prisoner. And so Mac comes up to Dutch Arnold and says that uh, the hostages are dead because of course they're fucking dead. Did you see what they did to this camp? And Mac now shows his psychic powers because he was able to deduce that these were CIA agents being held hostage here. How the fuck he could know that? Did they have like a CIA tattoo on his ass? Like I have no idea. He just knows this. So now we have another line because Jesse Ventura and Poncho are like hunting down the, the, gorillas are run away <laughs> this is pretty much the line from the movie this, this is, is the line the... everyone knows <laughs> and i was like hey man you're you're hit you're, you're you're bleeding and he's like i ain't got time to bleed <laughs> which i forgot was the setup for a joke it was the setup for the joke which a lot of people believe is the worst one-liner in history coming up no oh. there's far worse <laughs> But Poncho's reaction to I ain't got time to bleed is just so honest. Like, okay. And then he chucks a couple grenades and goes, you got time to duck? Yeah, he fires three (laughs) grenades and says, have you got time to duck? Which a lot of people think is the worst one liner. Ah, I thought it was a nice little comeback. Because, like... Mr. Ventura, it doesn't register at first until like they start going off. He's like, oh shit, this hill's going to come down on me. <laughs> so it turns out that Carl Weathers had lied to them about the job. He knew about the weapons and the Russians helping out these gorillas because they found out that you know these were gor- uh, Russian, uh, what, what do they call them? Advisors that were helping these gorillas and they were going to invade the the neighboring country where they launched the mission from. He said, yeah, he lied to Dutch because he knew that he wouldn't do it if he knew what was actually going on, because he's, you know, he said earlier, they're not an assassination squad. I say, which this previous scene clearly shows. Shows that that's bullshit. They are not the best of the best. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, no, that's right. Because assassins are precise. They are a blunt <laughs> instrument. <laughs> the bluntest of instruments. They are a huge phallus being flung from a tree. A lot of dick waving. <laughs> And so Dutch storms out because he's pissed with Carl Weathers. And the and the gorilla lady that Dutch knocked out groans. And Carl Weathers asking the most casual of Spanish whether or not she's okay. Like, are, are you okay? Like, I forget how you say that in Spanish. It's just such a weird thing to end the scene on. Uh, so Shane Black tells 
Dutch that there's a guerrilla force bearing down on them. They're going to be there in about half an hour, and they got to get the fuck out of there. And Dutch and Carl Weathers fight about taking this lady for intel, and it's, you know, apparently Dutch and his guys are still under orders, so they have to listen to him. And it's like, under orders, dude, you lied to them. And they're also private military contractors. I feel like they can just not listen to you. I don't know. Which is, again, another reason why I assume these guys were military. (laughs) And now we get more Predator vision because the Predator has been watching them. We learn that not only does his he suck at seeing things, but he also really sucks at hearing things. I think this is him learning. Yeah, me too. Well, this is him learning, but, you know, they try to make his... Tracking his prey. Because we're supposed to be looking at through through his eyes and hearing the world through his ears. It's not... It's it's alien, but not in any coherent way, because it sounds like he's listening to their voices through a fishbowl. This thermal vision (laughs) sucks for, like, actually seeing things. Well, it sounds like he's he's picking up on what they're saying, and uh, then in the subsequent scene, he repeats it back in a sort of more distorted way until he can finally get it right. That's what he's doing. Yeah. It's actually a great emotional journey because, as we'll learn, he learns to laugh. He does, he does learn, learn to, laugh. to laugh. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> he learns how to laugh. It's such a beautiful tale. <laughs> Carl Weathers and Gorilla Lady, they, they have a yelly fight in Spanish, which was just a really funny moment for me. And then Max, like, yo. Carl Weathers, come over here. I love. I actually love this exchange. <laughs> this is a great one. And he's... Well, he he calls him over and tells him just with his eyes. He just says he glances up a different direction. Carl Weathers turns around and then he places the knife on Carl Weathers. Whisks around, points his gun at him, and then he reveals that on the end of his knife is a scorpion. And Carl Weathers just sort of befuddled says thanks, and uh, our, our Mister Mac just sort of. Does, stays completely deadpan and just says anytime and then stomps the scorpion under his boot. Animals were definitely harmed in the making of this movie. Like the I'll save your life anytime or I'll press my knife into your shoulder at any time. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've already threatened to bleed you out. Again, yeah. It's, <laughs> there are just certain exchanges like this that are just so good. You know, it, it just seems out of place and what what is a very goofy kind of concept action military kind of movie so shane black tells yet another pussy joke and like what is going on with this movie that these are beats that need to be had it doesn't arc his character other than he makes finally gets billy Billy to laugh he finally makes which is how predator learns to laugh exactly that is the arc that's the true arc that how he learns to laugh yes yeah he learns from billy's loud laugh in this in this exchange I'd, I'd forgotten about it at first but i do have that in my notes pussy joke number two and predator learns to laugh we get to see he's not just an animal exactly <laughs> he, the predator has such a great personality this is another thing i love about this movie the predator has a fantastic personality the way he picks up on little things I'm not sure it has a person. That's just oh, called he has learning. A great personality. That's called learning. That is not personality. So Billy's like looking at the trees, and his spidey senses are tingling, and he's just kind of knows something's out there. So they all leave, and the predator looks around the camp, and he picks up the scorpion, which is and here's the crazy thing, because again, the thermal vision sucks. All he sees is like a heated little splotch where he he left the scorpion and then he picks it up and opens his hand and inside you finally see that it's scorpion so he just grabbed a thing not knowing what it was 
it was to give you a glimpse of what this thing is that's tracking him. Because now it's like, oh, sh- well, that's not really a human hand. What the fuck is this? Another reason, yeah, that space scene didn't need to be here. Because that reveal of a non-human hand would have been so special. Exactly. Because I first time I actually saw this, I didn't see the opening space scene. So I actually, I actually saw the better version. Better version, just skip that <laughs> opening space sequence. If you're showing showing it to your mother or your grandmother. So now we're back to walking in the jungle, and there's really intense walking in the jungle music. Walking in the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. We do not have fun and games. We got loads of guns. <laughs> and there's just a random shot of zooming in onto a random piece of jungle. I don't know why they felt the need to do that. We also get some really inane banter between Mac and Jesse Ventura. Um, they're trying to make them look like they're really close friends, and then they do a really shit job of it. They're talking about like how bad the jungle, like this is worse jungle than in Cambodia, and just nothing that says friend. It's just like acquaintances doing a job. Oh, Mac! Mac shares a flask with him and says, "A little taste of home." Super close friends, not just common courtesy <laughs> you might do for a decent acquaintance. And it's around this part with Nick mentioning military dress earlier that I noticed that Jesse Ventura's just got an MTV shirt. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that fairly early on. So here's the thing. As the movie progresses, the men in this movie become progressively less clothed. And I think, honestly, you could make an argument that them wearing fewer clothes is the B-plot of this film. There is a lot of man sweat and man abs. If you feel like watching some good man lifting, this is definitely a movie for you as well. But before we get to more man flesh, Gorilla Lady tries to run away. And he tr- she tries to run away by throwing leaves in Carl Weathers' face. <laughs> not even like dirt, not even mud, just leaves. But this works and she would have gotten away if it wasn't for p- that pesky poncho. It wasn't for that damn poncho. Who- Puts both of his legs over and holds his gun between his legs like it's penis. It's all very sexual. Maybe on purpose. (laughs) And it's so weird because Carl Weathers starts speaking to her in English, but beforehand he's been speaking to her in Spanish. Like This movie's very (laughs) inconsistent about what language gets spoken to this Central American guerrilla fighter. You know, more jungle walking, predator vision. Arnie is in a sleeveless shirt now because he's starting to shed his clothes. And Billy gets spooked again because Billy has got his spidey senses tingle again because this movie likes to repeat beats a lot. Well, they they actually explain it. You know, he has a nose. Yeah, that damn nose of his. He He just knows that there's something in the tree. But he eventually decides that it's nothing. There's something in the trees. That's nothing. What is it, Billy? Make up your mind. We might get killed over this. Gorilla Lady again tries to get away. She smacks Poncho with a tree branch, breaks it with his face. Yeah, Carl Weathers told Poncho to come over and watch the girl because he had to go talk to Schwarzenegger. Poncho's not watching her. Nobody watches her. He's turned around facing the other direction, and she's well, fuck it. I could knock this dude out and get out of here. The, another subplot of this movie is that all these guys are really bad at watching their prisoner. So she makes a run for it and Shane Black goes after her. And like, we kind of watch this partly through predator vision and Shane Black eventually like tackles the fuck out of her. Invisible predator comes out of the woods. Yeah. We see invisible predator. Honestly, 
the reptile cloaking in Mortal Kombat might have been a little better. No. Or this is on no, par. I, I no. won't have that. I you don't think that. so? No. I thought the, the invisibility effects in this were really good. Far superior to reptile. He's, these, he's right. this invisible monster that comes out of the woods and then drags him off. I mean, it's supposed to be imperfect, so you can see something. Right, yeah, you can see like a distortion around where he's standing. But yeah, he kills Shane Black sprays his blood all over gorilla lady and drags shane black off the rest of them run over they find shane black's it's just like a pile of guts sitting in the bushes like not far from where this happened but i love how there's such a well-organized team but the first person on the scene just takes off after the trip <laughs> right doesn't wait for the backup or anyone else he's just gonna take off after whatever mysteriously killed these this other elite soldier just sicker boy <laughs> Shane Black is the token black guy <laughs> He does die first <laughs> He does die He does okay, die first Oh my god Oh mind blown but they, but they did it with his real name instead I had a whole speech prepared About how the black guy doesn't die first But no He does He does die first Again but we've jumped we've, we've, we've... They find a way to kill the black guy Without even killing the black guy <laughs> <laughs> so Pancho asks the gorilla lady in Spanish what happened. She says something, and then Carl Weathers and Pancho have an argument about what she actually said because she's like, the jungle took him, which is kind of vague, but also like she's suffered a traumatic event. So it's kind of understandable that she's not exactly big on details at this moment. Yeah. And then uh, Dutch points out that they didn't take his weapon or radio. So it's clearly not soldiers. Yeah, or and she didn't run away, so if, if there was gorillas, she would have probably just gone with them. This is when the horror really kicks in. It's, it's really good. Mm -hmm. Carl Weathers draws a connection with what just happened with what, what happened to Hopper and his guys who got skinned. Like just because, So a pile of guts equals skinned dudes... Carl Weathers is drawing lines here. I mean, I don't know whether he has the best reason to draw these lines, but he's drawing them. So Dutch tells the squad they got to go find Shane Black's body, which I feel like is not a priority given everything that's going on, but that's the order he gives. So we get more jungle walking, more fluids coming down from trees. We had Billy drinking, and now we have blood flowing down from a really high place and the camera kind of goes up and we see shane black's body hanging upside down in a tree right. but he's freshly dead and now the blood is super dark as though it <laughs> should be dried by now well i here's the thing it gets lighter the further <laughs> you go up like it's i think it's just kind of a, there's not a lot of light at the it rapidly floor. oxidizes on the way down the, <laughs> the leaves that's what happens okay got it jesse ventura so you mentioned that he was in, he's in his mtv shirt but now he, it's sleeveless because again all <laughs> the men's clothing is pro getting progressively less and he thinks there's something in the bushes he gets psyched out there's a porcupine that comes out then his chest explodes just boom and Max with him, and he sees the like the eyes glow, and he just fucking unloads. This is a proper human reaction to the situation. He just literally fires every bullet he has, picks up the minigun, and fires every bullet that has, and then every other member of them joins in, 
and they fire every damn bullet they have. <laughs> and I had I had to go back and because I was watching this in an airport, I had to keep like going back and tapping the screen so the time bar would come up from when he yells sergeant and starts unloading. It is a full minute and five seconds of them just shooting the shit out of some trees. Exactly. Hey, do you know? Do you know how I know that these guys are the best of the best? They blindly fire all of their ammunition, and no one even knows what burst shooting is. Yeah, they don't have any visual <laughs> for any sort of enemy, and they waste their limited ammunition firing at bushes. I thought this was an accurate depiction of what they would have done just because they they already lost two that's because your country doesn't have guns (laughs) this is what happens when you don't have guns and know how to use this is just a tuesday in texas (laughs) it's very cathartic you have to say it's just like every damn blasted bullet it's not that cathartic because they're not going ah Actually, yeah, the Duke, the Duke goes all. Yeah, but everyone else just stands there shooting. <laughs> Quite a lot. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm to give credit. We finally see some reloads in this movie. <laughs> the entire camp destruction scene, nobody reloads, reloads a gun. But in the middle of this, just fucking jizzing on the rainforest. <laughs> Arnold does change magazines. I thought you meant by reload, like Jules already mentioned, how a guy just drops one gun and picks up another. Well, that too. That's how I reload. No, like literally changes magazines. Like he actually takes out a magazine, puts in a new magazine, keeps hip firing. Because again, do you know how I know they're the best of the best? They don't <laughs> aim. I was too busy uh, watching the clock. Because <laughs> this sequence, I was like, fuck, that was a long time. I need to double check this. Mac, who's still fight, he's just, he, he's out of ammo on the minigun, but he keeps spinning it for a while and by the way you can't do this with a minigun this is bullshit okay (laughs) miniguns first of all you need an external power source and two the i mean it looks badass i will give it that but two the recoil on it there's a reason why it's either vehicle mounted or mounted somewhere else you can't just walk around the amount of bullets that were shot in the opening attack on the camp that that would have been out of ammunition well long ago Oh, well, long ago. He's like, yeah, that that backpack could maybe carry a thousand rounds. I think a minigun shoots at 5,000 rounds a minute. So, yeah, he has no bullets at this point. (laughs) So I don't. So Mac is traumatized by this. And I because he saw the predator, he saw the 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 invisibleness. And it's somewhere in this firefight. we, We notice that there's glow stick liquid on a on a leaf i forget whether it was arnie or carl weathers but one of them goes up to uh, to mac and he says i saw it well saw what i saw it and he's like well that doesn't really fucking answer the question does it <laughs> i mac? know what but i just love happen? that exchange <laughs> yeah what happened i saw it you saw what i saw it well what's what's an it mac what, a clown describe it yeah did you see the did you see the clown from the stephen king novel it god <laughs> And now every, literally everyone is sweating except for Arnold. Oh, yeah, they're dripping. I also kind of like the fact that they never say the word predator in this entire movie. No, they don't. There is no uh, cinema sins roll credits moment. <laughs> <laughs> so they look at Jesse Ventura's body and they notice there's no powder residue, uh, no shrapnel, and the wounds were cauterized. Ooh, what could have done this? What could have done that? Arnie comes up with a very unclear plan. They're going to take Jesse Ventura's body out in his poncho. They're going to radio for help. But then they're also going to set up a defensive perimeter. It's, it's it's all very ad hoc. So while all this is happening, Gorilla Lady sees 
this or this you know glow stick liquid which is the predator's blood she has no idea what it is and she just touches it just <laughs> goes right ahead fingers first doesn't give a fuck she does know what it is for some reason she does we find out later she does know what it is but she has no reason to know again everyone she because she's hung out with these commandos everybody she's now psychic she's gotten secondhand psychic powers no 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 she's she has heard stories as we find out but you're saying she has no reason but it does get revealed she has she no reason, a reason to 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 know that anything that this is blood <laughs> so she knows it's the rare secret ingredient of sexual tyrannosaur <laughs> <laughs> coming soon to a macy's near you (laughs) no just kidding it's gonna be in kmart it's gonna be exclusively on our own shopping site (laughs) (laughs) yeah but when we sell it it's just flat mountain dew cans of mountain dew and just relabel it sexual tyrannosaurus (laughs) and we're gonna be selling it on the corner of sunset and vine that's just the only place it's gonna be available (laughs) no no this is west hollywood damn it this is West Hollywood. <laughs> uh, I, I see what you did there. So yeah, so she doesn't tell Carl Weathers anything about what's going on, and she just wipes it in her pants. She just wipes this glow stick fluid on her pants. Yeah, she does. And he doesn't see it. Doesn't see it. Doesn't notice it. He doesn't see it on the leaf. He doesn't see it on her. It wasn't the issue of her not knowing what it was. It was the fact that Carl Weathers doesn't notice the giant glowing green liquid on the pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not plausible. We're going to take a quick break here, and we will see whether or not any of these people make it out of the jungle alive when we review the second half of Predator. Oh, dude, look. Check it out. Oh, my God. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mr. Schwarzenegger. Mr. Schwarzenegger. No, no. Oh, we're such big fans of Mr. Schwarzenegger. I mean, Predator, it's one of my favorites. No, no. Dude, don't. He's he's right there. I'm sorry. It's just the way he talks. It's so ridiculous. Dude, seriously. Oh, come on. I was just joking. Oh, you're right. That wasn't cool. You came to America with nothing, barely speaking English, became Mr. Universe, built yourself up to one of the biggest movie stars of all time and got elected governor of California. Your story is the American story and you've achieved more than most would in multiple lifetimes. Making fun of your accent, petty and childish, I'm sorry. Can you please forgive me? Oh my God, are you okay? I was choking on the chicken bone, you assholes. You literally think that's how I talk? Fuck you. Wait, Mr. Schwarzenegger, come back. I'm sorry. Predator uncle? Uh, I can't be mad at you if you say predator uncle. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Hayden Christensen. (laughs) (laughs) And we're back. So Mac, after having seen his friend's chest explode, uh, it's apparently his job now to set up all the booby traps. While he's doing that, Dutch is trying to give him like a pep talk, you know, about Jesse Ventura. He's like, yeah, he was a good soldier. And Mac's like, he was my friend. And how the fuck are we supposed to know that? You've given us no indication that you guys are anything but acquaintances. And we get the uh, patriotic trumpet music. I know. Yeah. We'll take a moment 
uh, to to mourn the death of the sexual Tyrannosaurus. And it, it... <laughs> yeah, I had the music note of this is not quite Taps. This is not quite <laughs> Taps. And what movie are we watching? This is supposed to be a sci-fi thriller, and we're now in We Were Soldiers. Sci-fi horror. <laughs> sci-fi horror. I mean. Horror is relative. Not all of us got traumatized as nine-year-olds. <laughs> I still say it's pretty horrifying. <laughs> when you're talking about skinned bodies and human beings being made into trophies. Yeah, but you've also talked about going outside like without socks as being scandalous. <laughs> so because we've had no inkling that Jesse Ventura and Mac were friends, we kind of have to justify it after the fact. So Mac, so it's, it's crazy. This whole... S- the flask friendship. <sighs> yeah, but come on, you've shared a flask with a random dude before. We've all done it. So it's crazy. So he's been talking to Dutch, and immediately, like if you were to write this in a script, it would be exterior jungle continuous. Immediately goes to Jesse Ventura's <laughs> body. And this is where he has that flask moment. He finishes his flask and he leaves it with Jesse Ventura's body, and he's like, Goodbye, bro. So now Predator, who's been injured, like clearly one of the bullets hit him. He decloaks in a tree and he starts giving himself Predator first aid with this weird ass injector thing. He's got like a gaping flesh wound in his leg that's glowing yellow green ish. Yeah, it's unclear what this thing does, what its hoses are connected. to. Yeah, it's I don't know what they used for it, but he pulls it back as if he's extracting a liquid. He does it in thin air, so he does nothing. And he starts jamming it in his open wound and it doesn't inject anything because like then it zooms in and the thing he pulled back is pushed forward again, but there's still liquid in this glass tube. It's so hard to describe, but he just rubs a tube on his that's how he does predator first aid yeah he puts like a this metal shunt into his leg and that's why he screams yeah and he screams really fucking loud and the squad hears it in another part of the jungle uh carl weathers is called for extraction but they they they're too far across the border they can't risk getting them so they have to keep walking so they don't get their extraction and then again (laughs) carl weathers has to interrogate mac about what he saw he did this earlier but again this movie likes to do the same thing nine times and this is where this is where i noticed no he called him sergeant i had my thoughts about you know the mercenary squads and how you get your rank and what the fuck's going on here so Mac explains now that he he saw this thing's eyes glow and there's no way that it could have lived after he like sprayed the jungle with minigun. I really enjoyed this dialogue, I have to say. I very much sunk into it. This, they talk about the eyes that disappeared and nothing could have lived. It's the creating the invincible, terrifying monster, which I thought was pretty fantastic setup. Yeah, it, it was definitely, it was pretty, very yeah. good. But then... Dutch is an asshole again to <laughs> Mac. I don't know what the fuck Mac did to Dutch, but after watching his <laughs> friend's chest explode, not only does he make him set up all the bombs around the base, you know what? You get first watch, Mac. You got- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shit. I mean, maybe it's because he thinks Mac's definitely not getting sleep tonight. Do you know who you want like looking out and making sure nobody sneaks into your camp and kills you all? The guy who's traumatized. The guy who just watched his friend die. Yeah, the guy who's going to be like having a thousand yard stare, not paying attention, probably Probably needs sleep. 
he should definitely take first wash. Yeah, it's like you just projected this. I think I think the whole <laughs> unit's just being a dick to Mac in this sequence. And okay, so we we've once again asked Mac what he saw. Now they got to ask the gorilla lady again about what she saw. We're now at three times asking her what she saw, and she gives pretty much the same answer again. And you know, the, the jungle took him. Whatever. And I just wrote, you know what? Great scenes are not about developing your characters or revealing some new information. It's about revealing the same information from three scenes. Then he talks to talks to Billy about something that Billy knows. And then another great exchange. He smells something. He knows something. He knows something's out there. Whatever it is, it isn't a man and that they're all going to die. And so nightfall comes and Mac is still on watch. <laughs> it must take me like five hours later. The poor fucker can't get some sleep. That's because it's still daytime. It's the classic day is night. <laughs> Lince. Oh, day for night. Yes, yes, yes. Actually, this was shot at night. No, no, you're, yeah, you're right. I, yeah, I, my mistake. It was shot at night. So he's. But very soon we get day is yes, night. Yes. <laughs> so he's looking out into the jungle and he's waxing poetic to jesse ventura talking about how you know back in nam they were dropped off with like a platoon of 35 guys and they were the only two that made it out again try like retroactively trying to make you give a fuck about their friendship (laughs) and make jesse ventura's death more impactful and we get the not quite taps trumpet music again and this movie (laughs) has no idea about what tone it wants at all and then there's a noise in the perimeter defense. So there's like explosions going off. Mac gets tackled by something. Oh fuck! The predator got him. That's that's what that's what's supposed to go through your mind. And you hear this squealing, which is a little weird. And you find out that he was attacked by a wild pig, and he stabs it to death. When Poncho sees this, he says he quips. Billy bursts out laughing. So they know that their friend just lost their lost his best friend, and they're just casually mocking him yeah you think you could have found anything bigger and he's like fuck you guys seriously jesus christ nobody came to relieve me i should be sleeping right now fuck you (laughs) your buddy who's been emotionally devastated who you've basically made do all the work for the past like six hours you're gonna give him shit for getting attacked by a wild pig and then we got a uh why don't you take a look at this cliche oh blaine's body is gone but also nobody is watching gorilla lady but she hasn't run away because Again, we need to make the same point that she's not going to run away that we've made two or three times at this point. But yeah, Jesse Ventura's body has been stolen. And how did they get through the tripwire? They still ask the same question the next morning. It's almost as if the conversation didn't stop between the nighttime and the daytime. They're just having the same conversation. That's the thing I just love in in movies and sometimes TV shows where you have a it's it's a perfectly regular conversation, but it takes place over like multiple settings and times a day. Right. Where it's just, oh, we're speaking again now. <laughs> it's been four fucking hours. Yeah, when two characters that are at one location and then they move to another location and they just pick up this, the same conversation yeah. where they left they off. They just drove in silence yeah. or maybe they did like license plate games or something. I, I wonder if it was just because Billy says that there are no tracks just to confirm. You know, he can see in the morning the tracks, but he can't see those tracks at night. Right. I don't know, maybe. But Billy says that they're being hunted that is what he has deduced from all this and there's this 
like a hunter. And there's a Hitchcock zoom on Ar- on Arnie's like shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> he gets that magical moment, which happens for some reason in a lot of movies, is that characters finally realize they have to look up. <laughs> yes, he has to look up. <laughs> because uh, there is, as there is in real life, there's this magical barrier bet- that looking straight ahead and looking up that you can never see anything above your own forehead correct i know yeah he finally did this and he says oh he's in the trees he doesn't know who or what is <laughs> stalking them he's just calling it he it's very heteronormative who the f- <laughs> it was an it a second ago it was an it it's a he now it's gonna be a her who the fuck knows should have said they and again asking gorilla lady what she saw like arnie's asking her in english and i think she just gives up on speaking spanish because apparently yes. she could speak perfect english the whole yes, at this time point, that's my note too <laughs> the whole time she speaks perfect english <laughs> yeah if you guys can't decide what language to talk to me and i'm gonna make a fucking choice for you it's english we're doing english from now on your spanish sucks fuck you <laughs> She explains that whatever it was, it was like a chameleon. That's kind of how she describes it. Carl Weathers still thinks it's a bunch of dudes out there, but Dutch sets her free because Dutch kind of believes her. She's had like zip ties around her wrists and he cuts it off with her. I don't know why, but uh, this this was something I picked up on this viewing is I just love the line, fucking lizard. Fucking lizard. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bullshit psych job. But I just I just love that line. <laughs> so we learn that this gorilla lady, we finally get her name. She has a name. It is Anna. Anna tells them that she found its blood after it killed Jesse Ventura. Like she's been like looking at her pants that have been glowing. Like Slimer Green. It's kind of that sort of glowing Slimer from Ghostbusters. And again, how does she know it's blood? We'll talk a bit more when we get a big reveal. But we get a great this is a great line. This is one of those lines that everybody quotes from this movie and Arnie's just like, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Damn right. And then we get it ruined by a subsequent muscle montage. Yes. A mu- so, <laughs> des- so despite the fact that they know that it moves in the trees, they're going to set traps for it on the ground. That is what the plan is. So yeah, now we've got B-plot of the movie is just clothes disappearing. Lots of shirts come off, lots of sleeves are coming off as these muscle-ripped dudes are setting up traps. And there's no reason that the Predator wouldn't attack during the montage. Nope. No, no, Predator respects the montage. (laughs) Predator respects the montage. That should have been the tagline for this movie. Yeah, so they said something about how it could see their tripwires, but maybe it can't see this. And so that's when they put leaves over it yeah so apparently i mean look we know as the audience that this thing cannot see fucking natural materials because it's all just this big ocean of blue but there's no reason for them to know what this creature can or can't see yeah all they know is it's running down in the trees and then jumped in amongst them to steal the body and again they put traps on the ground they don't put any traps in the trees that tells you nothing Yeah, that tells you nothing about being able to see the tripwires because you didn't put tripwires in the fucking trees yet. Yeah, <laughs> not smart. So now they play the waiting game. Are they going to put any bait to lure this predator in? No, they just set up 
booby traps and expect this fucking thing to find them. And again, Mac with the disposable razor just scraping it against his face. And then he cuts himself and snaps it in half on his cheek. Okay, yeah, I had a weird Mandela effect um, at this point because I never remembered this as a little plastic razor. I remember him shaving himself with a blade, but like it was an actual knife. And then he pauses and cuts himself, but not a little plastic razor. I think your mind was writing a better movie because that would have made so much more sense than this shitty little razor. <laughs> yeah, if you have a knife, like we've all had knives in our lives, and you fuck around with a knife, you do stuff with the knives. Like that would have made so much more sense than the shitty little razor. Must be suspenseful. I mean, it's an interesting visual. It just makes no sense in context. Nothing says suspense like disposable blue Walgreens <laughs> razor. It came in a pack of 15 for $2. Yeah. yeah. But then he freezes and then just starts cutting himself and then he cracks it in half. It's a, I don't know. I thought it was a nice suspense technique. So we've learned that they've basically set up tripwires everywhere except this one because they want to like channel him into this one area where they're all kind of watching. And eventually like they realize, oh, fuck, there's no bait. Why would he like they realize what we realize. (laughs) And so Arnie goes out. Arnie has no shirt at this point. Because this team is the best at what they do. The best of the best. Out of the entire United States Armed Forces, you could not find a better commando unit than these guys. (laughs) So Arnie goes out into the trap, and he has no shirt at this point. He's just wearing his military webbing. (laughs) Did you guys catch the moment where he clearly trips one of the tripwires and... um then pretends he doesn't and keeps walking no i saw him walking and like pause to like make sure he's not setting him off and step yeah but then he moves and in moving he makes it go clang like if that doesn't trip the tripwire what the hell (laughs) doesn't set it off that's what it is oh and just before he heads out anna tells like this long-winded story about this predator right because apparently it comes to this area to kill often like there's been stories of you know about men getting their skins taken right this is why she knows about the blood and stuff i think that's right but she doesn't it doesn't necessarily mean she's encountered the blood she knows stories i heard some things man i know these things only happen in the hottest years and like this is a very hot year so that's why it came it only likes to hunt in heat for whatever reason and it's called the demon who makes trophies of men she says it in spanish but that's what it means so back to Arnie. So Arnie's in the middle of these traps and the Predator triggers a Return of the Jedi net trap. Yep. They pull they pull an Ewok. Yep. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, for some reason he jumps down out of the trees into the net trap that Arnold just walked across. And also triggers a Return of the Jedi log trap that just smacks into <laughs> Poncho's chest. Uh, Pancho doesn't die from this, even though he should have. So Predator gets out of the net really quick. He starts fleeing, cloaking, and Mac starts shooting at him. My note here is that Mac, the stealthy guy, suddenly um, starts chasing like an eight-year-old who's pretend shot someone in the playground. (laughs) (laughs) Look, he hasn't slept for 36 hours, okay? <laughs> he starts ye- he starts yelling, I got you! I got you! I'm coming! And then charges oh, off. God. 
because again, the best of the best. But Carl Weathers gets a good look at him because he hangs from the tree. The predator hangs from the tree and decloaks just so Carl Weathers knows what he looks like. And Carl Weathers finally realizes it's not a bunch of dudes running around. It's a they're getting hunted by a thing. Also, he has no sleeves. Carl Weathers is also losing clothing at this point. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so Max running after him and Carl Weathers is says he's going to go after Mac. He tells them the rest of them that to get to the chopper because Carl Weathers wants to do something right for the squad. What Artie does is he chucks him a submachine gun, even though he already has a submachine gun. <laughs> like, here, you'll need this. I already got one, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> we shot the jungle for a minute and five seconds and didn't do a thing. Take the second gun, all right? <laughs> Take this symbolism of my trust in you. <laughs> Take this because it's going to make a badass sequence in like two minutes. Yeah. You're going to need this. You should have this as the master of unlocking. <laughs> <laughs> so Dutch and Anna pick up Poncho, who for some reason doesn't have his chest caved in. And they make their way with Billy to the chopper because they got to make the rendezvous. Mac starts like singing the, the rock and roll song from earlier. Little Richard, yeah. While he takes his military webbing off for reasons. Again, the stealth guy just becomes completely unstealthy. Oh, yeah. Sleep deprivation. <laughs> Sleep deprivation and trauma. Yeah, so he drops like he's extra grenades. Up. Those, those won't be handy when fighting an alien. Um, Whatever else you carry on webbing. But, so basically he does it just so Carl Weathers can find it as a clue. That's his only reason for taking it off. He also consistently takes his hat off whenever he's upset. Mac. He did it when he picked up the minigun, and then again here, it's just the hat. Well, you know, carrying capacity, he had to let go of something to be able to have to. Yeah, yeah, the weight of a hat versus the weight of a minigun, that's, uh, that checks out. Well, no, I mean, it's just the minigun would have put him over that, that just <laughs> enough, so he had to. Carl Weathers looking around for Mac, and Mac whispers over for him and sneaks up behind Carl Weathers and grabs him by the mouth and pulls him into some bushes. There is some good suspense here, though, because... Yes, very good. Very good. Because you hear Mac's voice that the Predator recorded earlier, and you hear it him saying, over here. Ah. And it's repeated, and so you think the Predator might be mimicking Mac to get Carl Weathers. But then the reveal is it is actually Mac, and he puts a hand over his mouth. That's true. No, that, that, that it was good suspense. But Mac has a clear line of sight of the Predator. The Predator is just chilling in the trees and kind of see his cloaked, warped form in the trees. And so Carl Weathers is going to go around. He's going to flush him out and have him go towards Mac. Mac says, I got a score to settle. And Carl Weathers says, we've both got scores to settle. And what did he mean by that? I didn't, like, what score does Carl Weathers... He lost his team in the chopper. Ah, that is true. So so vague, though. It just didn't feel earned. So Mac is crawling under some brush to get closer to the Predator. And the trademark three-dot lasers shines on his arm. And instead of doing the right thing and trying to get the fuck away from it, he decides to stick his head right in front of the laser dots and gets his head blown off. Yeah. And there's a continuity error coming up 
when Carl Weathers spots him, he's clearly got a very intact face. Yes. <laughs> oh, that is true, yeah. Despite what's about to happen to Carl Weathers. <laughs> so now we're back to the, the other ones who are fleeing, and Dutch tells Anna to not pick up a gun. He hasn't, because the Predator hasn't killed him yet, because it, it it's not sportsmanlike to shoot someone without a gun. And that's when Anna's like, oh, cool. I'm going to leave you guys because I'll probably have a better chance of survival not being around you. <laughs> no, that doesn't happen. She, she hangs around with them. Yeah, my note is, it didn't kill you because you weren't armed. No sport. Okay, so drop all your fucking weapons and run to the right. Uh, or that. <laughs> Either or. But yeah, none of this changes their behavior. And so Carl Weathers finds Max's body again. Yeah, doesn't there's no massive head in it like hole in his forehead and he sees the predator's eyes flash why do the predator's eyes flash in clogging mode who the fuck knows but that's what he sees but well first he hears the voice of mac after he sees mac's dead body that is yeah. true he hears mac's voice go anytime oh yeah from when he stabbed the scorpion off his back yeah and and then the eye flash that's just styling <laughs> he's just styling on on the guys it's his bling so yeah, so Carl Weathers pulls his gun up to shoot one of his guns to shoot the Predator. The Predator's shoulder laser blows his arm off and the arm falls to the ground while still shooting the gun. It was kind of cool. I have firing your gun and going, ah, without actually holding the gun. <laughs> yep. And so he, because again, he's, now he's, he's got two submachine guns. He tries to bring the other one up to shoot the Predator, but the Predator comes and stabs him with his wrist blades. And I will point out that the slow-mo doesn't quite sync on this. Because <laughs> it starts with Carl Weathers' slow-mo bringing the gun around and the Predator's slow-mo sprinting. But then the Predator, because he's a massive drama queen, walks the final 20 or so paces <laughs> in which Carl Weathers could have shot him at point blank range. Again, he's just styling on him. <laughs> so the other survivors are now crossing uh, a tr fallen tree to the other side of a river. And Billy just decides he's going to make a fucking last stand for reasons. Yeah. Yeah. I think the idea is that he's tired of being scared. But I, it does sort of prove that even if you throw away your gun, you're still going to get killed by the Predator. Well, he's still armed. Yeah, he's still armed because he 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 throws away his... With a knife. Yeah, he throws away his gun. Yes. Which is dumb. He takes off his vest because, again, losing clothes. <laughs> and then he takes out his fucking machete. So he's going to take on the Predator with just a machete. He cuts himself. He cuts his six pack. Or, or I thought he cut his chest. Well, he cuts himself. Yeah, he, cut he cuts chest. himself. Yeah, he cut his chest. The other survivors don't even say goodbye. They're just like, hey, Billy, what are you doing? And then Billy, like, doing his crazy shit. And they're like, well, I guess he's doing crazy shit. Let's run. <laughs> that's, that's... Yeah, as I have Billy loses all fucks. I got this shit just me and my <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Billy, don't be a hero. Billy doesn't say anything to them about what he's doing, and they don't really care. They just keep running into the jungle. And so you hear Billy's death scream and they kind of turn around because they think the Predator's coming. And then, boom, Predator shoots Poncho with his shoulder laser. Anna tries to grab Poncho's gun. Arnie, like, kicks it out because he doesn't want her to get killed. Yeah, this here didn't make sense to me. For starters, the Predator's shooting a good skull. There's one thing we know about the Predator. He likes a good in intact skull. He shoots that thing. He's, he's ruining one of his trophies. Well, he's going to ruin his second trophy of the day. And again, Arnie should have died here because the the 
the yes. predator should have just shot both of them. Like he had the drop on them. He was up in a tree again. Or he should have at least lost his arm. At least lost his arm. But well, we're almost there. So yeah, oh yeah. So he shoots Arnie because Arnie tries to shoot him, shoots him in the arm with a laser, and you're like, oh well, he's gonna lose his arm. No, because Arnie's got magic guns, <laughs> figurative guns. His arms. Like, apparently, his arms are laser resistant, so he doesn't lose his arms. He gets knocked over. In and... all fairness, nowhere near as magical as Hasselhoff in Baywatch. <laughs> Few things can be. <laughs> and we get another classic Arnie line here. Get to the chopper. Arnie runs through the forest to draw the predator away so Anna can get to the chopper. I will. I would like to point something out here, though. Why would the chopper pick her up? <laughs> Without any of them with her. Of the soldiers to identify her as helping them in any way. I bet if she just said, hey, I'm a gorilla with that group, they would be. I think they mentioned they had a hostage. Oh, did they? A prisoner or. Well, I still I still like to picture her showing up to the chopper and says, uh, OK, so I was with this American unit you sent. And bear with me. This is going to sound crazy, <laughs> but I swear it's totally true. I know I'm covered in their blood. <laughs> I know my pants are glowing with the blood of an alien, but hear me out. <laughs> yeah, so Arnie, like, he slides down a hill and he falls into a river. And I don't know whether you guys noticed this, but holy shit, the shot of him falling into the river is so bad. Yes. Well, well, that's not quite what I noticed. I have that Arnie gets saved by a hidden slope. <laughs> But then when the camera POV of sliding down the hill, when it comes out, there's a large area of rocky ground before you get to any water. That he would have fallen on. That, yeah. well, there's that. <laughs> but then he falls into the, when he's actually like falling into the river, they're doing this long shot of him falling into the river. Seriously, cell phone footage from 2003 had better resolution. They just spent, they had no falling into a river budget. But it was a nice stunt. It was a great stunt <laughs> that they filmed poorly. Yes. They filmed this stunt very poorly. If this stuntman had died doing this stunt, it would have been a major tragedy because they didn't even get any good footage. And a person would have died, but, you know, priorities. Well, that's why they didn't do it over the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> Arnie gets washed down the river over a waterfall and he eventually swims ashore onto a muddy riverbank and he gets nice. Again, the 80s was so homoerotic, dude. God damn. Just jack dudes getting <laughs> slathered in mud. Fucking hell. Okay, I've got um, a note you'll really appreciate. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh so he, he seemingly has gotten away it seems to be safe even the river's calm and this is where hobie appears and starts singing clementine <laughs> <laughs> listeners if you haven't heard our baywatch episode <laughs> yeah go listen to our first baywatch episode and that joke gets re way funnier <laughs> It's what you do between action beats. Yeah. Oh, God. Fucking Hobie. <laughs> right, but um, Arnie has not gotten rid of the Predator because the Predator dived into the river, too, and it is now swimming to shore, and there's just... His hair is coming out of the water at one point. It's like, like Jaws is fin, but just this, I don't know, alien dreadlocks. I think the... I th honestly think the design of the Predator is pretty badass. It's a No, it's a great 
um, alien design, and Stan Winston did a fantastic job. So he gets out of the water near Arnie. His cloaking device short circuits, so we're starting to get better views of the Predator. And Arnie, he's smothered in mud. He's hiding under these root vine things next to a cliff. And he's, oh, fuck, I'm going to get killed. But mud is magic, and it covers his body heat. So the Predator doesn't see him. Did anyone else notice that when the Predator ran away, it sounded like wooden shoes on a concrete floor? (laughs) (laughs) Clop, 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 clop. It's like a Dutch person going down the street. I mean, the mud thing kind of worked for me, but uh, my, my issue with the mud thing is that he constantly opens his eyes. So even if it did cover his body weight, his eyes would stick out like two giants. You'd think, right? <laughs> I like that you said he covered his body weight. <laughs> did I? <laughs> That's what I heard at least, but I've been Mandela-ing most of this movie. Yeah, I'm so. pretty out of it too. There, there's, there's another movie that John Listeners, watched Listeners, we mind. strive for top quality content constantly forgetting what we've said that's why we don't sleep at all before recording strive that's the <laughs> so but it's crazy because like while the um the predator's looking for arnie and he's missing him he sees this heat signature in a log and an opossum comes out of the log as he breaks it i don't know what it was some rodent creature that probably doesn't belong in the jungle but that's what he sees and arnie realizes that he can't be seen in mud and because again, this movie thinks that its audiences are dumb. Arnie has to say out loud, "Oh, couldn't see me." Yeah, dude, we just we were watching the movie. We saw what happened. <laughs> but he just fucking heard you. Yeah, he just fucking heard you. I would call that a fifty-fifty. The director said, "I'm not gonna put that whole line. He can't see me through the mud." And so they said, "Well, how about how about just he can't see me?" Yeah, <laughs> they were paying him by the word. They had to cut the budget somehow. <laughs> He can't see me through this mud because it hides my body heat. Because it is cold and my body heat is warm. Like the rest of the jungle. (laughs) Arnie explores his immediate surroundings and he finds a ravine and he decides he's going to build a trap here. You know, again, because you know how the predator hunts in trees? Let's make another fucking ground trap. Let's just, it's got to work at some point, right? And why Arnie doesn't just run to the chopper at this point, I have no idea. Yeah. You know you're fucking invisible to him now. Well, well, here's the thing: the chopper's gone. That like he missed the rendezvous. That's that's the point. They had to be at a certain place at ten thirty. Has he finally become an assassin? <laughs> Is that his arc, going from rescue to assassin? <laughs> <laughs> so he starts building a trap. We get another building a trap in the jungle montage <laughs> with Arnold just slathered in mud, pulling up a log that's going to be the counterweight to this. He somehow learns archery and like an hour skill that takes generally months and months to learn. This is the really baffling part. One, he's losing his mud throughout this montage. Yeah, he has various degrees of mud. Two, he's building these traps next to a fire. I know! (laughs) (laughs) The most thermally obvious fucking thing. The most obvious thing that's going to bring it in. And meanwhile, the predator is uh, skinning <laughs> skinning his uh, trophies. 
all of his unit. Yes, now is when he pulls out a skull. Okay, yeah, and I do have the notes now. Predator caresses skulls, and that's where Arnie starts putting his mud war paint on. Roughly at the same time, yeah, he pulls he pulls out the spine, like um Billy's spine and skull, and then he sprays a fire extinguisher over it. Okay, so yeah, he, he rips the skull out and he sprays preservative on it. And I just have the note that in Predator Vision on his little HUD, there should have been a little pop-up of a silver trophy collected, 100 points. <laughs> he, he gets XP. <laughs> he, he got a silver. <laughs> he's on his way to platinuming Earth. Yeah, he's, he's doing an Earth speed run. Got to catch them all. <laughs> I got to catch. Pokemon yeah, Go, <laughs> you got to get all of the commandos. And... Yeah, so like we said, like in the tree, he's, he's got this collection of the skulls of all the people he's killed. And he just like... He's very much caressing. Very sensually like caresses one of the skulls. The trap that Arnie made in the ravine, it's got um, spikes over the top. And he's pulled uh, a counterweight with a log that he's set up to a trigger on the ground. So I think the idea is that... The predator comes through the ravine, it gets snagged and pulled up through these spikes, pulled up by the counterweight. So that that's the idea with a vine. The music's just awesome. Absolutely. The music's just awesome. The music actually, for once, like for the very few times in the movie, actually fits the mood. And he also, he takes gunpowder out of some grenade launcher grenades and he puts them in a leaf again i don't see any reason for this that is a thing that happens <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so this montage of getting ready for the for the final battle and stroking skulls is over <laughs> arnie is touching up his makeup i'm sorry he's putting more mud on who is he looking at when he's putting this mud on he looks like he's looking in a mirror but he's looking like dead ahead of him he's looking at the predator Who's right behind you? <laughs> yeah, is he's looking ahead like he's like using a mirror to put the mud on, but there's no mirror in front of him. There might have been a mirror off camera just so he could he knew what he was doing, but that's the <laughs> facial expression he has. It's crazy. He's looking ahead to his very prosperous career. And so the hunted has now become the hunter he lights a torch and he gives a or has he <laughs> but he's gonna fight back and he gives a conan the barbarian scream into the jungle well after he's lit this torch and the predator hears this and he slow motion lasers his wrist blades is that just to remind us that he has them is this how he sharpens his wrist blades? The laser? <laughs> I, think that's the, I think that's the idea, yeah. That's, that's what I got. That doesn't make any sense. And it happens in slow motion. <laughs> like, talk about nonsensical slow motion. He, he lasers his wrist blades in slow motion. Maybe it's sterilizing. He doesn't want to mix blood. He doesn't want to mix blood. Yeah, I mean, it would suck if he stabbed Arnold and he gave him an infection he'd feel really bad about it because carl weathers had like a different blood type and it's yeah like bad. your body like has a reaction to it on the blades <laughs> <laughs> so arnold chucks the torch into a bonfire to lure the predator and he hides in a tree yeah good thing he didn't see the previous fire you were using to make all those traps and so the predator seems to have fixed his cloaking device after like dunking it in water because he's running through the trees and eventually appears right behind. Like he climbs down the tree that Arnie's in right behind him, barely missing him. Because again, mud is magic. You can't see through mud. And so then Arnie swings 
on a vine to another tree, and somehow the predator doesn't notice this, doesn't see him at all. Right, because everything's blue. But he did hear it. He did hear it. And again, his eyes are his eyes are completely open. You know, I mean, the the mud trick doesn't work if you just let your eyes out. Yeah, you're gonna see these two little hot orbs just chilling there. It's literally a target. Two of the three dots are, are highlighted for him. So the predator, so there's like a log that goes across the area where this giant bonfire is burning. So the predator, you know, master hunter, this is obviously a trap. So obviously a trap. None of us are hunters here. None of us have special forces training. This is obviously a trap. And Arnie shoots an explosive arrow at him. How the fuck does this explosive arrow work? How does it ignite? Fuck us, I guess. It just works. Special leaves. Special leaves. I think the idea is that it hits the fire and explodes. No, it hits the log that the predator's walking, and it just magically explodes. Again, I think the idea... Jesse Ventura shot a tree and it exploded earlier, like fireball <laughs> explosion. But what this achieves is that it destroys the Predator's cloaking field and Predator's gun just automatically just shoots in the general direction that the arrow came from. Well, it shoots in all directions. Yep. And Arnold has to like hide behind the tree to make sure he doesn't get hit by shoulder laser. And the crazy thing about this laser, like I finally noticed it in this scene. Is that every time it shoots, it sounds like a bullwhip cracking. Yeah. Yeah, that was the sound effect they used. When you look through Predator Vision, you hear whipping sounds. Just whoever was doing the sound design on this movie saw Indiana Jones and was like, I fucking love that bullwhip. I'm just going to do that 9,000 times. No, it's the kink. It's the sign of the sexual tyrannosaurus. <laughs> <laughs> Laser shooting. Arnie falls out of a tree. Injures himself, gets spotted. There's more, again, like I made another, there's more whipping noises while the predator looks for him with his shitty thermal vision. Arnie finds himself on the opposite end of a log with the predator. And Arnie manages to save himself by tree hugging. He does. Yes, he does. He goes to the underside of the log and just through sheer strength clutches to the bottom of it. And there's kind of a, a, a nice tense moment as the... I say, which was pretty awesome, really. Yeah, no, this was, was a great a moment. Nice, suspenseful moment. Very yeah. suspenseful moment as the... I say, you described it kind of chilly. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're here for. As he's clutching to the bottom of it, the, the predator walks over, so it's like, oh, fuck, is he going to notice him? Yeah. So yeah, like I said, credit where credit's due. This was a great moment of tension. Once the the predator goes off, the, Arnie gets off the log, has a secret stash of spears. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that if you show the archery practice during the montage, you have to show the spear practice too. <laughs> I, I want to see javelins. He, uh, Yeah, I have. he has Olympic-level javelin skills in this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so he chucks a rock as a distraction mm-hmm. for the Predator, and the Predator's really shitty targeting computer, like you, you get to see it through his helmet. And it's, God, it's like the dial-up internet of <laughs> targeting <laughs> computers. It takes 12 seconds to lock onto this fucking rock, and it shoots it. So it's kind of like he's got this auto... In all fairness, there hadn't been dial-up internet yet when this movie had been released. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is this is actually ahead of its time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But then the computer kind of triangulates the angle of throw, 
and deduces where the rock came from and starts shooting at Arnie directly. Epic Dodge and throws a spear. And boom, he hits him, hits the predator again. Again, Olympic level javelin, javelin skills. skills. <laughs> it, it just takes an hour of practice, guys. Wow. Th- Everything, you know, that requires skill is just an hour of montage away. And so he follows this glow stick blood into a cave and the trail ends. And then somehow behind him in this cave, just a f- like a river of predator blood just flows down the side of the rocks. So did the Predator double back? Like, how the fuck did this happen? He had to. Yeah. And so the Predator drops behind him. And now we know what the um, the leaves were for. He's got a homemade grenade <laughs> that he lights and throws. And he runs out of the cave and explodes behind him. Uh, the Predator shoots him and forces Arnie to jump into a river to escape getting shot. And uh-oh. No more mud. So now Predator doesn't have his stealth mode. Arnie doesn't have his mud. Here we go. Or should I say, showtime. <laughs> no, you shouldn't, John. You should never say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I did. I did. So yeah. Only if Showtime, the cable channel sponsors the show, then we'll Showtime we'll theater. I'm just yeah, imagining because Arnie swims ashore. He's got no mud on him. And the predator sneaks up behind him, stabs him in the back of the head, and finally the movie is over. <laughs> no, not really. We still need to... Wait, he isn't dead? <laughs> He's, not de- He's not dead. No. So the third time that Arnie should have, you know, died in this movie, he didn't because the predator pegs his wrist blades on either side of his head on the log that Arnie has crawled up to. This is where Wolverine would say something along the lines of don't make me count to three. (laughs) I think the idea is that that. the Predator is just, you know, really pissed off at Arnie now and wants to make him suffer. And then he spots his skull and sees it as really good looking. (laughs) I have a different theory. I think because, again, there's no reason like he should have killed Arnie many times over. I think he respects Arnie as an opponent. And he wants to give him a fair Mm -hmm. shot because what he does is he grabs him by the neck. He pins him to the side of something, a tree. I think we finally get a good, really good look at the predator face to face, drops him, gives dramatic space between him. (laughs) He walks away just so he can turn around and take his face mask off dramatically. And remove his gun, his shoulder gun. Yeah, he removes his shoulder gun. Arnie gets to see the Predator's face. We get to see the Predator's face. He's got these crazy mandible hook-toothed things for jaws around his mouth. Beady little eyes. I mean, great design. He looks it's a fantastic design. Freaky yeah. as fuck. And all, again, a lot of great one-liners in this movie. Arnold, you're one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> so good and the predator yells at him because apparently he understands english now he's like no i'm not ugly asshole or as predator would say as as a side note arnie's line one ugly motherfucker is generally what's said to me on every first date i've ever had kamikaze by words i can attest (laughs) i I was the guy speaking for the earpiece so that he would know (laughs) it Ah, oh, we should do that in real life. <laughs> the guy over at the other table talking into his wrist. <laughs> Telling the waiter, no, just come back later. I'm in the middle of something. Which is what Jules says to his date, and then, it, you know, <laughs> it all goes downhill from there. But now we get to see the Predator's 
actual vision. He's not looking through his helmet now. Now it sucks. He just sees red. Everything is red. Seriously, how the fuck is this guy a hunter? How does he perceive the world? It's literally, it's like the original Nintendo VR. That's what I had too. Natural vision is red, black, worse than virtual. Yeah, (laughs) worse than the virtual boy. I'm so bad. Yeah, he can't see shit. But uh, according to the movie, he can see shit. So he, Arnie tries to do what Anna did earlier and smacks him in the face with a log. Doesn't work. And now Arnie just gets fucking pimp slapped by the predator. The predator has mastered the martial art of bitch slapping. And he full on oh, bitch slaps Arnie to almost death. It's 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 quite magical. Blood flying out of his mouth. And again, backhand, inside hand, it's just all going through. Jackie Chan should take notes from this choreography. He's shredding branches as he goes. This guy is this guy has the is has the martial art of bitch slap down to a science. And just in case you weren't sick of them yet, more whip sound effects while he's getting slapped. And so Arnie eventually tries to crawl away and the predator just lets him crawl. Enjoys watching Arnie suffer because he could kill him at any time. He's way bigger and stronger, more agile, apparently can see better despite the fact that he sees the world in Virtual Boy. And so Arnie crawls through the ravine where the trap is that he said earlier because he's trying to lure the predator in. And again, the predator isn't an idiot because he ob- sees that this is obviously a trap, despite Arnie going, I actually really love that, that he doesn't fall for that trap. And Arnie's literally saying, kill me, kill me now, I'm right here. And and he doesn't fall for it. That actually, another great moment. Doesn't fall for it. So he goes around, but what he does is he stands under the counterweight log that Arnie used as part of his trap from earlier. So what Arnie does is he, he kicks the trap trigger the log comes down and just crushes the predator. That's a great sequence. Yeah, it's a great sequence. So Arnie, you know, he's like, he thinks it's over, but the log starts to move. So Arnie's like, fuck this, grabs a rock. It's about to crush the predator's head in, but he sees the predator's dying. He's covered in highlighter liquid. Another, another positive thing I'd like to mention for this movie is it doesn't have the horror cliche of the monster gets back up and... Turns out he's still alive and perfectly healthy, which which is another one it avoids. Yeah, no, like, yeah. It, but then we do get another repeated line. What the hell are you? <laughs> what the hell are you? Yes. Arnie throws the rock away. He's not going to crush. The, like he's, you know, the thing's obviously dying. So he's going to be a dick and not just put it out of its misery. I mean, none. Of, I don't. Uh, hopefully, none of us have ever had to make this choice in our lives. But I feel like the morality is a little iffy in the moment. Unless John, you've had to kill someone to put them out of their misery before. <laughs> just, just human hunting aliens. Ah. Okay. So, so you you know what you're talking about here. <laughs> Fairly regularly. It's kind of disturbing. This is why you live all the way in the Inland Empire. You're trying to get us not killed. It's to keep you safe. There you go. I've seen John's office. I wouldn't be surprised if half of them were aliens. (laughs) (laughs) They're called immigrants, Jules. (laughs) So racist. (laughs) So the predator opens his like wrist control thing, his wrist panel, and he pushes it and he sets off an obvious self-destruct sequence and starts to laugh. He mimics Billy's laugh. It's so great. But he sounds like 
Vincent Price laughing in the Thriller music video. It is just that level of laughter. Well, it's again, he he just learned. Yeah. I know. It was it, Yes, he literally learned yesterday how to how to laugh. I mean, for some for a creature that just learned yesterday and is dying like not not bad. Solid bad. 6 out of yeah. 10 in terms of laughter. <laughs> Vincent Price maniacal <laughs> laugh. <laughs> maniacal <laughs> laugh. Maniacal laugh. No, those are the directions. You don't read the <laughs> You don't say long pause. <laughs> so Arnie runs away because he, he's clearly picked up on what's going on. And he gets like hundreds of feet away. And this is the craziest self-destruction sequence because the trees are crackling with electricity. There's like an energy ball suspended in the air. Sci-fi explosion. Sci-fi explosion already gets knocked over. And now we're in the chopper. And uh, it's picked up Anna. And the general's there. And we get more of the uh, mournful music, trumpet music. And they see a mushroom cloud. And instead of, oh, fuck, we need to get out of here, that's probably an atomic blast. Nope, we're just going to keep looking. We're going to go investigate that mushroom cloud. In the middle of this blown-out jungle, like, like this explosion is leveled 200 square feet of jungle, and in the middle of it is a very ashy Arnold Schwarzenegger, just covered in ash. He needs some moisturizer. That boy, ashy. Oof, he needs Jergens. like, I need a glass of whiskey. The point is, the dude needs a shower. <laughs> he needs a shower. He needs a lot of things. A shit shave and a shower. Probably a hug after everything he's seen. So Arnie stares out the window, covered in ash, blood, and whatever. And the music again turns to not quite taps. Yeah, yeah, this is... Did we sorry, just watch a war movie? movie? What the fuck? And then immediately turns to the right after. And that's how we, you know, we watch the helicopter fly away to action movie music after listening to Not Quite Taps. It just blew my fucking mind. This movie did not know what tone it was going for. But it's not over. You think the movie's over, but it's not over. Because it's going to do the 80s, 90s, like late 80s, early 90s movie thing where they show shots of the cast so you know what their actual names are. And so every single character turns to camera and either smiles or laughs. This is done so lovingly that it almost it almost gives the impression that they actually died and this is their cheesy, like, in-memoriam service. That's exactly what it feels like. Exactly <laughs> what it feels like. So, yeah, everybody, I mean, Anna didn't die, so she, but she can, she also gets her moment where she gets to look into camera and smiles but then we get to arnie who has to be fucking different he doesn't look into camera and smiles he looks off camera and looks very worried about something <laughs> i think he just refused to do it and that was one of the outtakes <laughs> yeah he's like no i'm not going to smile and take my job very seriously well i wouldn't smile if i was from austria either <laughs> aren't they supposed to be more lighthearted than germans what no i'm just i'm just kidding around Although Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm, I'm, this may be hypocritical, but I'm pretty sure he said it, is that it's very depressing in Austria because you hear 20-year-olds talking about their pensions, but, uh, but that right. might be apocryphal. If you're from Austria, I love you. I've, I've visited Austria many times. It's beautiful. Yeah, I always, I've always viewed Austria as just Germany's Canada. That's just kind of the impression I got. <laughs> All right. And that 
was Predator. And before we go, as always, we millennials know that every movie and TV show has a moral that we are supposed to learn. And Jules, what'd you learn today? Well, I learned that masculinity isn't about the size of your cigar or the caliber of your machine gun. It's about rolling in the mud and getting your hands dirty. Amen, brother. (laughs) And John, what did you learn? I learned that the black guy can still die first, even if he's white. (laughs) (laughs) And I learned what it takes to be a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Oh god, that's that's actually my favorite part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the black guy can die first, even if he's not black. <laughs> even if he's white. And before we go, we need to tell you what we're going to do next time. So, John, what do the folks at home have to look forward to? They have to look forward to the 1986 feature-length military recruitment video. Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Highway to the Danger Zone, baby. It has a surprisingly middling 50 on Metacritic, with the higher praised uh, reviews coming from 20th anniversaries and stuff, and really panned when it came out. Interesting. But one of the nicer reviews at two and a half stars came from Roger Ebert. Um, And I'll do like a bit from the middle and then how he closes it off. Top Gun settles fairly quickly into alternating ground and air scenes. And the simplest way to sum up the movie is to declare the air scenes brilliant and the earthbound scenes grimly predictable. It knows exactly what to do with the special effects, but doesn't have a clue as to how two people in love might act and talk and (laughs) and then to end it out. The dogfights are absolutely the best since Clint Eastwood's electrifying aerial scenes in Firefox. But look out for the scenes where the people have to talk to one another. (laughs) (laughs) I have two other reviews I want to talk about, but I'll save them for when we actually discuss the movie. And that's our show. If you liked it, please subscribe. If you loved it, please share it with all your friends. And whether you liked it or loved it, we'd appreciate it if you gave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help others find us. Also, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. Links to both of those are in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time for another episode of Millennial Rewind.